Today is June 9th. Every now and again, baseball will baseball you right in the face. Bucks drop a series to the Jokeland A's this week. Deep breath, rest. Let's get ready for the Mets. It's the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I am joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? Hey, man. How you feeling? Well, uh, you know, I got the cool look <laughs> going on right now. Uh-huh. Uh, little eye surgery yesterday morning, uh, which is why... Uh, if you're a morning listener on Friday morning, which is why this is late this week. So, but yeah, I uh, I have cataracts. I guess I, I guess, I don't know if it's a. Do you have a cataract if it's only one eye? I have no idea, man. I don't care. Um, either way, <laughs> couldn't see well out of my left eye. Went to the eye doctor. They're like, yeah, this is what's going on. Um, so, flashback. We'll do a little story time. This will be quick. Back in 2017, I had eye surgery, implantable contact lenses, which is essentially cataract surgery without any removal. They just put contact lenses in your eyes, and now you can see. Life-changing. It was, a, it was beautiful. And they told me then that because of you know any kind of, any kind of eye surgery you have, whether it's LASIK or ICLs or whatever, then you're, you're more susceptible to cataracts early. Not this early, mind you, like another eight to 10 years early. Yeah. I had another eight to 10 years before this should have happened, uh, but here we are. And so, like, I remember this procedure in a, in a general idea, right? Like, I remember mm. what this was like, except last time they didn't have to take anything out. This one hurt more. Yeah. Because, like, you're awake. And I feel like I did a really bad job. Like, I was really discouraged through the whole thing. Some Some... Somebody in that room decided they would hold my hand because I don't know if they could see that I was nervous. I mean, they couldn't see my face, right? There's a blanket on everything except for your eye. Yeah. I don't know if they could see it or or what, or if they just do that for everyone. I mean, you got to imagine most people having this done are 60 or older. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, but like I wasn't nervous before. And this time I was so nervous and I don't know why. But man, whoever held my hand during that thing has a sore hand today because <laughs> I was a baby. <laughs> and I just think because like in general, like, you know, I don't know if you guys know much like redheads don't really take to like anesthesia very well. And so like they gave me the volume and I was like, this isn't really doing anything. <laughs> like, could you give me an, and I wonder if last time, if I asked them for extra, I don't yeah, know, maybe. because like, I don't know. He's pushing on my eye and it, I mean, it was hurting and it's my left eye, which it, I mean, if you guys watch the podcast, you know that like, for whatever reason, my left eye is always just a slightly bit closed more than my right <laughs> eye. And so like, he's like, open your eye. And I was like, dude, <laughs> you I'm pinned crying. it, you pinned it open. <laughs> I, <laughs> what do you want me to do? And then he's like, open your other eye. And I just had to say like, I can't, I don't know why, like it won't open. 
So I just felt like I was, he's look at the light. He kept saying, look at the light. And I was like, every time I look at the light, you push on my eye and it goes that way. <laughs> I'm no need? longer looking at the light. <laughs> <laughs> the light keeps moving. Uh, anyway, uh, they said everything went well. I, I really do like that doctor. The last time I had my, uh, when I had my ICL surgery, my lights went out. Everything went black, and I got like, "Whoa!" And I and I was like, "I can't, I can't see anything. I, I can't see anything. Everything, I, because like you, you're watching the whole thing, right? I can't see anything." Yeah. And as calm as could be, this uh, Indian uh, Ray Romano is what I call him. <laughs> it's Doctor Shonifer, and uh, he's got that like Ray Romano voice, right? I but it's you. like super calm. He's so calming. Right. And I was like, I can't see anything. And he just goes, Oh, that's my thumb. <laughs> and he moves his thumb out of the way. And I was like, Oh, okay, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I remember that I told a couple of the nurses that story. I remember that. But anyway, uh, had eye surgery. So my video lights are really, really bright for me still today. Um, so I decided that the sunglasses are, are the play. I'm still like, when I looked at my eye, it's still like dilated a little bit. Yeah. So they give you like eight drops, it feels like. So anyway, good, hopefully. You look good. You yeah. Look good. Hopefully, um, hopefully everything will, you know, I'll be able to see better, clearer. Uh, there's some things I found out in the process, you know, like uh, they can only fix far or close. They can't, like as far as correcting your vision, right? Right. Because your natural lens is the thing that like focuses on things that are up close and things that are far away. So like as pirate fans, you know, we argue about the things that are happening right now, but are we really, are we focused on things down the road? I think we had a cataract surgery and we only fixed up close sometimes. Okay. Is that, is that a reach? <laughs> it actually does work uh, in some ways, but it, uh, anyway, point is um, there's a chance I may, if I can't see my computer screens clearly when this is all done, there's a chance I have to get like a one prescription in this eye and not in this eye and just wear glasses every time I'm sitting at my computer. So maybe I'll have glasses. I don't have any idea. <laughs> but either way, we're all good. Yeah. The surgery went well. Um, I'm able to drive myself to my appointment today. So if it would just stop watering now, trying to focus on everything. But it definitely feels a lot better today than it did yesterday. Good. So good. All right. So let's talk about the Pirates. Enough about me. Thank you, though, for patience and you know, letting us, you know, kind of get that out of the way. What do we got to talk about today, Jake? Obviously, the uh, did you like the little intro, the Jokeland days? Yeah. Last week, I had the non-athletics. It's funny, I'm making jokes about teams that just, you know, beat the Pirates. Don't, don't let it slip by that they've also just won a series against the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. I mean, so maybe they are playing a little better right this second. Yeah. And unfortunately, they matched up against us when they're in this little, I don't know. All streaks come to an end at some point. Mm -hmm. And they were looking, they were staring 14 or 15 straight road losses. That's not a good recipe. You're almost destined to lose. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, and I'm I'm looking up um, on, my, on my Twitter here because I had done a, a, a bit of research here and now I'm struggling to find it. I see this. Oh yeah, this is it. Okay. 
of the 12 games, and I tweeted this on the 6th. Was that before the first game or was that after the... This would have been before the second game. Maybe I jinxed us. Of the 12 games Oakland has won, six of those wins have come against Texas for two of them, Arizona, two of them in Atlanta, and Baltimore. So, like, they've beat... Those are some upper echelon teams so far this year. Yeah. And they just took a series from Atlanta May 29th through the 31st. So... And I, and I said, sometimes baseball will still baseball. And I said that before we lost the last two games. And it's just kind of one of those things where you're always kind of, I hope it's not a jinx, right? But <laughs> <clears throat> I, I'm, uh, I'm only speaking facts. It can't be a jinx. So the thing is, is like what that, what that, the purpose of me even looking this up and, and doing this is because like, you know, we kind of said on Monday, like we expect, we didn't expect, but like, what else do you want except for a sweep? Yeah. And really like, cause we've made a lot of, we've made a lot of comments. A lot of people have made their comments about whether or not the Oakland A's are a triple A team or a major, they're a major league team. They really are. And no matter what you want to say, they're just quite literally the worst major league team right now. And, and they're looking yeah. kind of historical I mean, not like Cleveland Spiders bad, but close, right? Yeah. And and that was like so long ago that they really probably weren't a major league team, the Cleveland Spiders. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's just yeah. not how, like back then, it was, it, you know, it was a hodgepodge of of who you could sign and, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that was that was not crazy to think of. Now that's crazy to think of. There's too much around. There's too much talent. Yeah. That that kind of a thing shouldn't be yeah. able to happen, right? Back then, they were working other jobs than, ba- than playing baseball, right? Exactly, and they, you know what I mean. So here we are. Um, they haven't like it's not that this was the first series that they've won all year. They took a series from Atlanta. They've beat some other teams that are are not as good. Like they they took a series from the Royals, and uh, there was one other one I think they've taken a series. Um, obviously not too many, right? Considering the fact that they've only won twelve games, but I think that this was their third series win. Well, fourteen now, I believe. Yeah, fourteen now. Yep. So, as much as it's like feels like you really want to be upset about it, this really comes down to, like, th- th- are are we surprised considering? The, the the like uh the series of events that happened we should have lost that series when Mitch Keller comes out and doesn't have it and then you bring in DeYoung and it's that bad yeah you know what I'm saying no, no, yeah no, I'm not I'm not so frustrated that we lost the series as much as that Keller didn't have it Contreras just blew up like yeah that's the frustrating part of this series to me yeah. more than the wins and losses. If Oakland loses e- either of those two games or my goodness, both of those games, that speaks more to Oakland than it does to the pirates right now. There will mm-hmm. be wins that you'll take away and losses that you'll take away from both sides in every single game. Yeah. But I really thought even, even the game that Keller pitched, like we still had a chance we still pushed that thing a little bit and and we had a chance to get back in that it was what 5 to 2 and you felt like it was at well we tied it 
at one point, right? And then and then Mitch gave up the other runs. Johan doesn't uh, shut it down when he comes in to end relief. Um, and and it's still it's five to two at one point. And it felt like okay, we we can we can get through this. We can still yeah. come back from this, right? Right. Let's right. let's get things going and come back. And then Chase DeYoung comes in and just gets hammered. You've been given a second chance, and that's how you respond. That's not a good sign. No. And we've all been we've all been down on Chase DeYoung. And like, you know, for the person himself, like that's I can see that, you know, uh Greg Brown. He he gets relationships with some of these guys, you know, friendships or whatever, and he's like, "You got to feel for him." And we were we were sitting there on the couch, and Katie says, "Do you do you feel bad for him?" And I just went, "No," <laughs> <laughs> like, "No, I don't feel bad for him." Uh, for the person himself, like, yeah, sure, but like, he didn't earn this opportunity, in my opinion. And uh, I'm just kind of like, on the field, no, like. You had an opportunity here. You got to grind. You got this is what happened because this is what you, uh, you know, yeah. this is where you're at. And so there is a bit of a like, if you take baseball out of it, then yeah, sure, for the guy. I know, I understand the guy alone. He's grinding, he's trying his best. Yeah. But like, no, not really. Like, it, you have to execute. I don't really feel bad for you. you you're, you get an opportunity to play Major League Baseball. And right. you've gotten a second opportunity and a third opportunity. So no, I don't necessarily feel bad for you. Right. In that sense, you got to execute. But like, I get what he's saying. Yeah. I mean, if you know, if you knew Chase DeYoung personally, you'd, you'd, probably you'd feel, feel bad different. for him. 100%. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. To take the human element or the, 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 yeah, that piece of it out. No, I don't. Right. I, it, if anything, like I feel bad for the rest of the guys on the team who thought they could come back. Right. But I think you, I think you understand where I'm going with that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, when he went out for the ninth, I know there's a lot of people thinking, what are you doing? But in my opinion, Just it's like, it I'm like, yeah, th dude, this is your game. Yep. And I'm not wasting any more of my bullpen arms because I have a series to win tomorrow. Once you put this thing, like he gave up four mm -hmm. runs in the eighth inning. Once you did that, you've put this thing a little bit out of reach. Yeah. And I mean, you talk about early on thinking how good of a decision it was to send him back out there in the ninth because you go into Wednesday, which is a day game after a night game, which means anyone who pitches is almost not available. Yeah. Yeah. And you have Roanzi can't even get out of one out. Had you burned another bullpen arm, we may have seen Roanzi for two innings. Yeah. Try to fight through this. Yeah, that's that's an, another one there. I, he's he's got to get movement on a fastball. He's got to, whatever pitch it is, whether it's a two-seam, a sinker, a cutter, whatever, he's got to get some movement on his fastball. You can't just go out there throwing 93, 94, touching 95 and throwing a four seam, just throwing it right down the middle. This was a total collapse. Um, everything that he was throwing felt like it was going right down the middle. 
He did try to throw a lot. We talked, you know, we talked Monday about, you know, you mm-hmm. started this whole thing with like, he's got to throw his curveball more. He's got to throw his change up more. With, if, if he can throw it well. Right. Like, you know, and then and that's what we thought he was going to the bullpen for is so that he could be. So, so when you go to the bullpen to work on something, it doesn't mean you're going to come out into the game when you get your relief appearances and throw that pitch. Right. Necessarily. You're, wor- you, you're able to do more side sessions if you're in a bullpen role. Yeah. And that's where you're working on these pitches. He hasn't had a chance to work on them. Yeah. You know, right. I don't want him coming out and throwing, you know, garbage curveballs just to throw more curveballs. That's not, you know, that's not the answer. You know, you have to have confidence in that pitch. You have to know in your mind, yeah, give me that curveball because he ain't going to touch it. And if he's not feeling like that, you can't throw it. <laughs> you could use your curveball more as a setup pitch, which it looked like he was trying to do, and he was successful a little bit throwing it up in the zone with no strikes. Mm-hmm. And and he got a couple he got a couple strike calls that way, and it looked like that could be a better utilization of his curveball. Um, I think of when Garrett Cole went to Houston; that's how they utilized his curveball. They started mm-hmm. with it. It wasn't good enough to finish with it. They wanted him finishing with the fastball. Pitching backwards, so to speak. And that's what he wasn't doing in Pittsburgh. Struggling with the home run ball. That was the flip of his career when he went to Houston, as they said. You're going to go backwards. You're going to start with that curve. Mm -hmm. Your fastball slider are your pitches. We're going to start you with those lesser pitches in in counts that, like, I'm not swinging at a curveball up in the zone first pitch because that pitch is not easy to hit, and it's not one I can do damage on. I'll take right. that strike all day long if you keep throwing it to me. I'll get behind in the count because I don't want that. So if you can just locate that thing at the top of the zone, inner side, you know what I mean, then yeah. you're better off just throwing that pitch because these hitters are not going to swing at it and pop out to third or right. slap it for a base hit. Like They want to see if you can give them something that they can either get extended on or something that hangs. Now, if you, if you drop that down to... The stomach waist high, I'm I'm going after it. Yeah, but you keep yeah. it in the top of the zone, and I'm not touching it. Yeah, first pitch, and that, and that and that works well with a guy with an electric fastball, which he doesn't have. That's very true. Well, but he does have an electric slider, and that's the thing is like we talked about his slider being, you know, the ghost pitch that sometimes not as much recently, but like he can throw it right down the middle, and you still can't hit it. Like it's yeah. it the, the the whatever it is. Now they're sitting on it. And mm-hmm. now that, you know, now they're able to hit it. He gives up six hits and seven runs. Of course, two of those runs were unbelievable. Zestrizny comes in and literally throws eight straight balls. And then he gives up a hit, right? All three runners scored. Am I right? Uh, yeah. I think so. Seven runs right out of the gate. And Zestrizny gets the, uh, Gets the one and two thirds innings with no hits. No, so he didn't give up a hit. He just had three walks. So, no, no hits, no runs. He doesn't. You know what I mean? This is why we looked at inherited runners. Yeah, because of things like this. So maybe he just let the two runs come in. Either way, not a good outing. When you set things up like that, you know, okay, we're up against it. The Pirates still had an opportunity in this game. Um, that fell short. Um, and I don't really necessarily even mean like they did have the opportunity in the ninth, but that's like, 
that's a miracle opportunity. Right. They had opportunities previous prior to that. If you want to break it down to the ninth inning, because I know a lot of people are are still looking at that chance. We had the tying run up to bat twice. Bases loaded, one out. Carlos Santana goes up there and tries to put it in the Allegheny. To me, that's the worst at bat. What are you doing? Yeah. You got to get four runs. Don't try to get them all right here. Right. Hit the ball. Put it in play. He pops out to the second baseman trying to hit an absolute bomb. Like, you don't have a lot of home runs right now, dude. You're not <laughs> right. 27 anymore. You're not 32 anymore. You can't yeah. just go up there and hack for a bomb and then put it all on the next guy with two outs. Two outs, bases loaded is just two outs. Yeah. Your your run expectancy drops tremendously at that point. Yeah. So, and all Key does is ground out on a sliding catch by Noda at first on a 100-mile-an-hour hit. Like, I'm not blaming you, man. Right. You did what, you know, like, that's not a great position to be in. Right. Where Again. Santana Santana could have just taken an approach, got barreled a ball, and at least got a run in. Yeah. And then got key, at least maybe a situation where you don't get out. Yeah. And then he's in a position where he can get a run in. Like, just I, I just thought that was a really selfish at bat for Carlos Santana. And I was that was that was what I took away with it. Was I, I thought it was really selfish. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's 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 the the whole thing about this being the, the, the team game thing, man. Like I I don't know. Throughout his career, Santana could just walk up there and swing for the fences and you'd be like, Yeah, that's what you're supposed to be doing. But he has what, two, three home runs this year? Like that's not where you're at right now, bud. Like just let's just get on base and get the next guy up with another opportunity. I think I'm also okay with it if it's the fifth inning. True. True. But like ninth inning, this is our last chance. Like I just don't think yeah. that's the position that if there's nobody out, a hundred percent man swing for it. Sure. I'm actually okay with that. I, I think he was swinging out of his shoes. You're not even going to get a sack fly swinging like that, <laughs> but like take your hack. I get it. Take your hack and, and see if you can tie this game up. But ultimately, with one out, like you really need to be a little more like we don't need one run. Right. It's not like you can say a sack fly ties the game. I, like literally, we need you on base. Yeah. And I, that's just my take from that. But, but honestly, that's not the difference in the game. No, that would have been an incredible situation. Like the difference in the game starts with and ends with Rowanzi and, and, and what happened in the first inning with him and Zestrisny. Um, and then and then moving into, you know, even going further, I thought Luis Ortiz did a really good job when he came in. I actually really liked the call to Zestrisny. Not meaning that I liked it to being Zestrisny. I liked it not being Ortiz right there. Yeah. I liked them saying, let's get out of this. Let's get through a couple. Let's let Ortiz pitch when we wanted Ortiz to pitch. Yeah. And I thought that, you know, he was able to limit damage for a while, the fifth inning, he gives uh, technically his fifth inning, the seventh inning, he gives up a couple runs and, you know, that's, that's where it was kind of like, well, you know, had we done a little bit more, you know, we had the three runs at the time. We didn't score the fourth run until after those two runs. And it felt like we could have creeped our way back into that game, but we didn't. Yeah. So 
Um, listen, this is baseball, though. You got to play the games. You got to win the games that mm-hmm. you have a chance to win. When things like this happen, it doesn't matter if it happens against the Braves or if it happens against the Oakland A's. If your pitcher's bad, these hitters will will punish you. Yeah. Even even the Oakland A's, even the Jokeland non-athletics will punish you. Ryan Note is not a bad player. No. I think he showed up in a, in a way that um that kind of said like, oh, this is like you know Monday I said who is it? Brent Rooker's the only player they have, right? Okay, Noda, my bad. I see your numbers now. I mean, like, you got an 888 OPS. Like, I get it. You know, I slept on you a little bit. Not that it matters what I do, but you know what I mean? I see a little bit of that. So, I don't know. Uh, You know what? You lose a series. You you just swept the Cardinals and, and, you know, say what you want about the Cardinals, but they're still, to me, they're pound for pound. They're still the the most talented team in the Central who who they're just playing really bad. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, they'll obviously have to clean it up, but, but the Oakland days are not going to clean it up. Like that's as good as you're going to get from them. Right. That's them playing well. Yes. That was their, yeah. So as far as Mitch Keller, I mean, you're looking now, you know, there's a lot of talk. There's the, oh, you had two, like if he starts there and we talked about that, we called for a bounce back start for Mitch because we thought even though those last two starts weren't awful, they certainly weren't good. Right. He was still on a run of like, what was it? Eight straight starts with eight strikeouts or more. So there were still things to go to like, even his bad games were like, we're still in the game. Yeah. And, and Tuesday, that was not the case. Like one strikeout for Mitch. He walked four guys. He gave up eight hits. It just wasn't there. That to me was his first like, oh, that was a bad, bad start. Yeah. But for Mitch's standards that he's already set this season, that's three in a row. Unfavorable right. starts. I would like to say I would like to say there's two starts that weren't that good and that he needs to come back from. But this is a whole new level. This is a different thing than the last two starts. Right. Absolutely. The fact it, that it he goes as long as he did was because he is who he is. Right. And this stuff will happen to a lot of pitchers like I'm not going to say everybody because it doesn't happen to everybody. I mean, if you're having a Cy Young season, you're it's not happening. Right. For the most part. But I mean, people get roughed up once in a while. It's it's, it's part of the game, man. And it's it's how you respond to it. It's how you can bounce back. Um, What's the what's the Rocky saying? It's not about how often you can get it. It's not how much you can hit, but how hard you can get hit and still get back up. Like get back on your horse, man. You're good. Well, it's not that long ago. You have to remember we went into a series with the Arizona Diamondbacks and we said Zach Gallon's only walked X amount of people this whole season. And he walked half of that in our game, in the game yeah. against the Pirates. And we punished him for it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's bounced back and he's had starts since. Uh, we gave George Kirby a run. Uh, although the Zach Gallon one to me is a little more because he's still getting those Cy Young nods. People are still talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it was, we hit George Kirby, but Zach Gallon did most of that against us. Like he walked four batters in that game and he'd only walked like eight all year or something like that. Maybe yeah. not even eight. I forget I what it was. Dub- I think we doubled his total. 
So he only had four walks all I year? Think he and then, only had like four. Yeah. Well, either, whatever it was. It was crazy. Whatever it was, it was similar to what we just saw from Keller. This sort of thing can happen to even good pitchers. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to bounce back, though. Yeah. And and we need him to. The thing is, is when you look at the whole thing, and I've been saying this now since Mitch has been pitching this way, you got to win his games, however yeah. you win them. And he kind of put it out of reach right here. We've been doing a good job of winning his starts. Mm-hmm. And you know, so you know, this was a this was a different thing. Things like this happen. You're going to lose a series against. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Right. Doesn't matter who you're playing. All right. Rowanzi, Mitch Keller. Those are the big things right there. That we got to get that. We got to get that figured out because I think those two pitchers in general are extremely important to the success of this team. Yes. So let's move on to something a little um, a little different. A little change of pace here. Henry Davis has been moved up to AAA this week. So currently, Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez are on the same team, and they're yeah. splitting the catching role. Andy's been hitting better. Uh, what did we see? We saw the 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 double, then the triple. Andy double, uh, Henry triple. You're starting to see a little bit of, uh, of, of excitement around that. Henry's hitting the ball. Um, also made an incredible throw to second base on a ball that looked like it was going to kick away. The runner was going to go. And then he just, I mean, it was perfect. Yeah. And like when he, he jumping and contorting his body like that, and then to be able to throw an absolute seed right on the money is it's pretty incredible. Cause just think about playing catch. You're playing catch and your partner throws the ball and you got to jump for it. Odds are you're not going to throw a perfect and you're taking your time. You know what I mean? Oh, you threw one. I had to pick it. I'm going to throw it back. And oh, geez, my, my throw was off too. Sorry about that. It's it's a psychological thing with ball players, and for him to do that and just throw an absolute strike, like that's impressive, man. I am. Uh, <clears throat> I'm on probably recorded saying that I think the path would be for Henry to play right field and Endy to be the catcher. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And part of it was because of that arm, because I knew the arm was good. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what? I, if he plays, if he ends up a right fielder, that we've got a smaller right field at PNC, you know what I mean? I felt like Henry was the guy. You could keep him healthy longer if he played outfield instead of catcher. I mean, eventually something's going to have to shake up. I mean, these guys are going to play different positions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that, that, what we've seen from Andy in the past was he bounced around, he played different positions, he handled them, but he hit the best when he was catching. And that's what made me kind of say, man, I think Andy needs to be the catcher. I think Henry's going to hit no matter where he's playing. Mm-hmm. Maybe the path still is they split catching duty and we see we carry three catchers when these guys are there so that one of these guys can be DHing. Yeah. And maybe that's still the path. I don't. I don't know. But um, that was an impressive play by Henry, and it was behind the plate, not in right field. So I don't really know. But how long until we see Andy get the call up uh, to Pittsburgh? Now, I mean, you got them both there. Andy has been hitting lately. What do you think? Do you think this is a? I mean, we're getting to that 
quote unquote super two time. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I have no idea. Uh, I, you know, I've thought about this and I just, I, I don't know. Like I, I don't even have a good guess. I'm, I'm just going to be honest because he's going to come up and he's going to want to catch. And obviously we could use, use a catcher with hedges, you know, with all his hitting struggles. But I think I think if you do bring him up, you I think you still carry three catchers. I think you I don't think you send one of the catchers down because you're not going to get rid of hedges. He still needs to learn from hedges. Yeah. Hedges and if it's will, will be that veteran presence for him. Right. And and hedges will probably still catch Keller. Yeah. And and delay. I mean, you would feel bad for the kid if you sent him down after what he's done all, all season. Yeah. Which he's, I believe he's cooled off a little bit, but I mean, <clears throat> he's been putting numbers up, man. Yeah. Um, the guy, though. I mean, Delay's 28. He's not really a kid. Sure. Yeah. You know, I just say yeah. that because it's like, yeah, if he was, if he was 24, it'd be like, yeah, what a bummer. I mean, he looked, he shows a lot of promise. I mean, this is probably the peak. You know oh, what I'm 100%. saying? But yeah. he is still hitting 300. But I mean, obviously that's that's on the decline and and that's fine. I still think there's something there. He's still, you know, I yeah, I I think it just comes down to you do carry three catchers. You have the ability with Andy has the ability to play first base, he can play second base, he can play a little corner outfield. Um, and so yeah, you have other options mm-hmm. where you can where you can mix and match and get him into games and and still be able to uh to split the catching duties enough. And if you have to make double yeah. switches and things like that, then you still have that catcher available where some of these guys can can go into those into those roles. I don't mind carrying three catchers in that scenario either. And I think that moving a guy like Matthias down would make sense because, you know, it's like, well, do you really want to take well if you're bringing Andy up, like he can play second if you need him to. Right. So it's not like you're you're really getting rid, but you still also have Bay and Castro and Marcano who can all play second base. Now, obviously, if they're all playing second, one of them has to be at short. So, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's definitely options there, but I I don't know. You know what I mean? I I think that Palacios has shown enough to at least stick around for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but Cal Mitchell also is hitting. So even if Palacios goes down, maybe Cal Mitchell gets another opportunity because he's really been playing well lately. Um, there there are things right now that this team has options to do. Sure. And I think Cal Mitchell presents an option. Andy Rodriguez presents an option. Even Kanan Smith and Jigba is is hitting for more power and he's he's be, he's starting to become more consistent. The only problem with that is like, I just think he needs to be a guy who's playing. Right. And I think that's, that's going to be the issue with Smith and Jigba at this point is Connor Joe has earned himself more playing time, which means whoever does come up is kind of that. I mean, if, if it's another lefty, you're not playing, excuse me, you're not taking at bats from Sawinski. Right, right. So unless Connor Joe 
can't have any at bats. And really, I, I don't know. There's options, basically. But eventually, there, there has to be some decisions being made. Henry Davis moving to AAA does kind of give you that that automatic, okay, we're almost any time now. Yeah. We're almost there. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I'm rooting for. Let's get Andy up. I say I, I say it's it's almost a guarantee within the next two weeks. So from I have no idea to almost a well, guarantee. We yeah, sure. We're talking yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. As we're talking, I'm I'm going through some more things. Gotcha. Yeah. I I really would have liked to see it be tonight. And I don't know if that is not in the cards. Maybe I should check my Twitter. Cause we've got some uh Nope, that's I'm looking here because we've got if you hear any noise, it's me and the boys bopping. It's it's the Cobra's birthday. Happy birthday, Cobra. <laughs> and it's a Tamar Johnson tweet. So we're okay. So still no news. It is now 1055. So still no more news on on the call up. I don't think it's gonna happen. I would have liked to see it happen. I mean, he, he just I, I don't know. I think there's it's that sort of like is that is that part of the romance of baseball, right? He came from the Mets. Let's call him up against the Mets. You know what I mean? Brian Reynolds got to come up and make yeah. his debut against the Giants. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, yeah, there's kind of part of that. But I always think of that kind of crap. I don't. It doesn't matter at all. <laughs> but like for those of you who, who who like that part of baseball, that's that's the wavelength I'm on a lot of times with with baseball. It it doesn't mean anything, but. And and to a lot of the players, it doesn't. Right. But I think for some people, it's like, yeah, that was cool. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? To do that. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I would like to make a call, but I made a call Monday that Hedges would hit a homer, and I saw the pitch that he had, and he missed it. Yeah. So, the call that I made was for him to hit that pitch out. When I saw it, I was like, that was the pitch. I missed. And I knew he was never going to play the day game. So it was yeah. all Tuesday, and he missed the pitch. He took a hack at it, too, mm -hmm. but he missed. He's not there yet, which is bizarre to me. I thought he was going to hit me one 120, but I thought he was going to do it with, like, four homers. Yeah. He is – I mean, it's 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 another level of bad. Right. So, also, Chavez Young was sent to Altoona in that mix, and Abraham Nunez uh, – or Abraham, Abraham Gutierrez. Say <laughs> uh, what did he – you get to send him to a retirement home or <laughs> Abraham Gutierrez <laughs> was moved up to double A from Greensboro in this process too. Um, which is good for him too, because he's been really good as well. A name that we probably don't think of a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Who I'm pretty sure was like a MVP when Bradenton won their championship. So, you know, it's that old thing. Let's look forward to the Mets series because I am sorry to tell you that the Mets have lost six straight games. <laughs> and uh, just like the A's losing 14 or 15 straight on the road, those streaks will come to an end at some point. So we're kind of on the train tracks and the train's coming through. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean you can't go out and win a series. No. Uh, the chances of you sweeping this team are pretty low considering the fact that they've lost six straight. That's not going to continue to happen to a $400 million team. Right. However, 
a lot of that team's not playing. Yeah, Alonzo might hit the IL as well. He had some back stuff going on, so might not have to face him. Game one, uh, Rich Hill versus Tyler McGill, who's 5-3 and three with a 440. Oviedo goes up against Kodai Senga, 5-3 and three with a 375. And Mitch Keller goes against Cookie Carrasco, 2-2 two and two with a 594. Obviously, that 594 is a little misleading if you've been watching baseball for any number of years. You know that Carlos Carrasco can be a good pitcher on any day. So Yeah. Um, kind of hard to tell there. They're 30-33. and 33. They're fourth place. The Mets are metting early this year, which might actually be the way that they need to do this thing. <laughs> if you can met early, does that mean you can be good late? I don't know. It's still to be seen. However, uh, the Mets are not playing well. No. So neither are the Pirates. Somebody's going to write this thing. You know that Mets fans are going to be there. They always travel well. Yep. So you know that there's going to be a lot of Mets fans there. Um, what's your percentage of uh, the fact that Kutch gets number 2,000 this weekend? He's two away. 97%. 98. Okay. I'm just I'm not throwing the 100 out there. You can't, yeah. <clears throat> you but, can't. but that's but about as close as you can. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. So if you're thinking about going to a game this weekend, you might get to see it. Yeah. And I know that like 2000 doesn't have that like special feeling to it, but when you look at the total picture, doubles. Um, if it's a double, it's number 400. Number 300 with the Pirates, number 400 is career. When you start looking at the numbers of doubles, homers, stolen bases, hits, all those things, you're talking about like he's in a room of like 30 people ever. You know what I'm saying? Like when you yeah. start to look at the total picture, he's in a room of about 30 people. That's incredible. I know it's not Miguel Cabrera's 3,000 hits. Right. But there's something to be said for what McCutcheon has been able to do in this game. And it is very special. We should we should be we should be embracing this is a big moment. Yeah. This is still a big notch on the belt. It's not 3,000, right? I understand that. I also think that 3,000 will be even harder now to do than it has been yeah. because of the way that the, the game is managed. But no matter what, this is a big milestone, and it should be celebrated as such, especially if you're going to celebrate it for anyone, you should do it for McCutcheon. This yeah, should be a big deal. Absolutely. He does, he's earned that in our city, even if, it's, even if he hasn't anywhere else. Right. So... Hopefully we'll be able to hit the clap sound effect for Monday's episode uh, for for Kutch's 2000th hit. Um, <clears throat> Got to get a bounce back start from Keller. That's the big thing I'm watching for. Uh, other than other than the 2000th hit, to me, as far as looking forward to the end, uh, we've got to see a bounce back start from Keller. Yeah. Other than that, uh, I'm not sure. Get that, conf get that confidence back and that swag back and go out there and dominate this next game. Yeah. Uh, three righties, by the way. So really unfortunate considering the fact that Castro has been hot. You would have liked to see him play a little bit more against a couple lefties or one, one even one lefty. Yeah. See if he could ride that hot streak a little bit or something. But unfortunately, we may see one game of Castro. And, you know, that he's a difference maker in that lineup. 
that yeah and he's not against right-handed pitching you know what i mean right whether it's the we've talked about it whether it's i mean i still don't see anything in the swing but if there's something in like not seeing the ball or whether it's something in the swing whatever it is i don't see anything in the swing obviously you know they they see a lot more yeah so all right well hopefully by Sunday night or or whatever for Monday's episode, I'll be feeling a little better and not have to wear sunglasses <laughs> for that one. But other than that, um, let's go get them tonight and the rest of the weekend. Yeah. Let's do some damage. Yep. You got anything else on the way out? I got a tiny little shout out. Um, one of my former high school players made his professional debut. Super pumped for Nate Carafe and the Phillies organization. Pitched what was that? Two point one innings, had four strikeouts. Okay, gave up a couple hits, but where at? Uh, Florida Coast League or whatever that's called. All right, F- FCL. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Shout out to Nate. Um, super proud of him. Good dude. Looking for looking for some good things for him out of the bullpen. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah. I just uh, I just saw the video. Jake, um, now that you've spun me around, I get these, uh, uh, OneDrive sends me the notifications of, um, here's all the things from this day. Mm -hmm. And and, like, so I look back and it's like, oh, five years ago, this was going on, whatever. And today's the day that, that Nate pitched in the state final where you guys won the state championship. Yeah. Um, and so that video came up of him getting the final strikeout and everybody cheering and all that stuff. That was that was today. I forget how many years ago it was. 2019, so four years ago. Four years ago today. Pretty cool that you brought that up, and I remember saw, seeing that We because we yeah. went up to Akron to go to the game. Yeah. So, all right, man. Good deal. Um, let's go. Let's go get them this weekend. Uh, this weekend, get another let's series. Go get. Let's em. go get them. Inside joke. Uh, we should just play that every once in a while yeah. with his permission. But, all right, we will talk to you guys on Monday. Let's go Bucks. Let's go Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go Bucks.